Would you stand one more time for the reading of the word of the Lord today as we jump into the scriptures this morning? Are you ready for a little bit of the word today? Hallelujah. Such a good day. Such a good day. I got a new found respect for all of our children's church workers back there. Trying to work with them babies is like herding a bunch of wet cats. It's just like, man, they were running everywhere. Praise the Lord. Of course, I would probably be in the middle of them, too. If I just had a little bit more freedom, I'd be running around with them. But, man, we just bless our children's church workers, all of our nurseries. Hallelujah. Just come on, really. You ought to bless them because they're taking care of a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff back there. That's a busy place back there in the back. So just praise God. Feed them, take them outside, run them around, get them real tired, and sugar them back up and give them back to you. So praise the Lord. Okay, let's go to Luke, Luke chapter 24, and I just want to read a couple passages of scripture today and just release something over your life just for the next few moments, and then we'll get you out of here right on time so you can enjoy your family today for an Easter celebration. Luke chapter 24, verse number one, says, but on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Somebody just should have, should have just said praise the Lord right there or something. Just, he's not here. He has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. Aren't you happy for the third day? And aren't you glad that the grave couldn't hold him? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad today that he is not in that tomb? All right, now look with me in John. John, I want, it's, it's, we're, we're going to go into another book here, but I want to re regress just a little bit. We went from him being resurrected to back to the cross. I want to go back to the cross just for a minute. John chapter 19 and verse number 28. And after this, Jesus, knowing all things, here he is. He's, he's on the cross now. He's hanging on the cross. Already it had been accomplished to fulfill the scripture, said, I'm thirsty, and a jar of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of sour wine into a branch of hyssop, and they brought it to his mouth. Therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. He said, it is finished, and he bowed his head. And he gave up his spirit. He said, it is finished. This morning, I want to talk to you about the subject that I titled, There's Nothing Left to Do. There's nothing left to do. Well, you just push on about three people in your neighborhood and tell them it's all over now. Just tell them it's over. It's over. It is finished. Come on, some of y'all are really stiff. Really find somebody that you don't even know if you like them and push on them real good and tell them it's finished. It is finished. It is finished. Let me pray for you, and then you can be seated. Father, this morning we thank you for the power and the presence of the resurrected Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do in this place over the next few moments. Holy Spirit, I thank you today that you're the preacher, you're the teacher, you're the revelator, you're the revealer of all truth. Thank you today for what you're going to do in men and women's hearts. And Lord, we just thank you in advance for lives that are literally going to be altered in their journey called life. Lord, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory for it now. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen and amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Had it not been for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Christian faith as we know it would not be any different than any other known religion. Had it not been for the literal resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Christian faith as we know it would be not any different than any other known religion. It all would just be a myth or a lie. If the resurrection would have never taken place, then our gathering together would be in vain, and we wouldn't have anything to preach or to talk about or to celebrate had it not been for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In fact, if Good Friday was the end of the story, then our expectation of what we believe would have died when he died in that airless, sealed tomb for over 30, for over 30 hours, we would have died on that day as well had it not been for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if that were the case, then Christianity as we know it would be as useless and as powerless as any other known or established religion of our day. You see, Easter, this is what Easter is all about. Easter demands that we remember what separates the claims of Jesus from all other religions in the world. And that, that difference is laid out in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 17, verse number 31. This will be on the screen for you. The Bible says, For he set a day when he would judge the world with justice. By that man he has appointed... He has given proof to this to everyone by raising him from the dead. Notice that he was given proof to everyone, and he was raised from the dead. That word proof literally is the Greek word pistis, which literally means conviction. It's the heartfelt conviction of something that we truly believe in. It's, it's really the assurance of our faith. It's our belief system. So had it not been... For the resurrection of Jesus Christ, nothing else would really matter. Nothing else would ever be the same. So the difference is that he has given the proof that the resurrection of Jesus is an imposing, unmatched event. I'm going somewhere. Just hang out with me. It didn't just happen 2,000 years ago. The resurrection is happening every day since that resurrection day. And the evidence of his resurrection won't go away. You can't explain it away. The news can't talk it out of the way. Secular society cannot move it out of the way. The evidence of his resurrection won't go away. Its power 
has never been depleted. And when there's opposition, it only increases. It only increases in its momentum. And the more they try to bury it, the more it spreads. Because you cannot explain it away. In fact, Paul puts it this way when he was writing to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He said, if Christ is not raised from the dead, then our preaching is in vain. Our faith is useless. And we, be, and we are found to be false witnesses of God. And then he goes on to say, then we are still lost in our sins the dead in Christ are still lost, and we among men are most miserable if Christ has not been raised from the dead. But if you follow the narrative, if you just move down a few more verses in that same chapter, Paul gets down to about verse number 20, and he begins to make this argument. He begins to put this assumption against his own argument, and he begins to make this argument because he begins to say, Christianity completely depends on the physical resurrection dead body of Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say, and he alters that entire argument with this when he says, but now if Christ is raised from the dead, then he becomes the first fruits. The first fruits, it's not a harvest, it's the evidence of a harvest to come. So the resurrection of Jesus is the promise of our own resurrection. He was the first to be resurrected, and now he has many resurrected sons and daughters. And Paul goes on in that same chapter, and he says this. He says, therefore, because he is raised from the dead, our preaching now is not in vain. Our faith is no longer useless, but now it's powerful. And our witness of God is found to be true and our sins have been forgiven. And he goes on to say, and, and he shall reign forever and ever, and death will be put under his feet. Aren't you glad today that Jesus is not in the tomb? Come on, can you just give him praise for a moment? I'm going to get to where I'm going. Just hang out now. Just work with me for a moment. I'm just putting a little foundation in the story here. Everything about our life, everything about our hope, Everything about our eternity is represented and dealt with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Everything. Understand it was his resurrection that shifted everything in history as we know it. When he rose from the dead, he validated his very own claim of who he was. He validated his own words. He validated his own prophecies. It just wasn't their idea to kill him. It was his idea to become a sacrifice. Revelation chapter 13, verse number 8 says, He was the lamb slain, crucified from the foundations of the world. In other words, before man ever stumbled, before man ever failed, before man ever blew it, before man ever sinned, God had already provided the answer. The Bible says in Ephesians 1.4, He chose us in Him before the foundations of the world. He didn't wait for sin to show up 
so he could try and figure out what to do about it. Jesus Christ was so committed to the death on the cross that even before this thing called time was evident, before creation as we know it was made, before humans ever existed, Jesus Christ was committed to the cross, which means before sin ever existed, Jesus had already given himself as a solution for it. (laughs) I'm going somewhere. That means that the answer for your life has always existed before the problem ever got there. Before sin ever arrived, he provided a way. Before you ever had a problem, he solved it. (laughs) Hallelujah. Waiting on all my amen church here in a minute. I don't know where the rest of y'all are at. He made a way before you needed a way. He put me back together before I was broken. God finished everything before he started anything. So long before I got messed up, he'd already provided the solution. Long before eternity ever existed in what we call time, God had already fixed it in time and in eternity. He was slain before the foundations of the world. He was the lamb of God chosen to be a sacrifice. Everything I have ever needed was already provided for me before I got here. Just push on somebody next to you and tell them it's finished. Come on, will you just tell them it's finished? Before there was sickness, I was already healed. Come on, I'm going to wait a little bit longer on that. I said before sickness, I was already healed. Before I was broke, busted, and disgusted, I was already having breakthroughs. Long before I messed up, he already made it right. Long before I didn't understand anything, he made me know everything. You just have to know today, this morning, right here on Resurrection Sunday, and this just ain't a one-time event for the believers. This is an everyday lifestyle. We don't just wake up and celebrate Easter on the calendar. We celebrate Easter every day we wake up when he puts breath in our body. He puts a spring in our step. He puts a hallelujah in our praise. Every day of your life, this ain't what we just do on Sunday morning. We begin to live and move and have our being in him every single day of the week, and that is the life of every believer. That is the life of the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you believe that, somebody shout yes. No, somebody really shout yes. Come on, if you believe that, give him praise right there if you believe that. He provided. He provided before sin existed. He'd already provided the sacrifice. That's why the Bible says in John 3.16, everybody in here can probably quote it. For God so loved, for God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus became a man. It's one of the mysteries. Fully God, yet fully man. Laid aside his deity, took on flesh. He became a man to die in my place. And he had to become a perfect sacrifice 
to appease a holy God. It had to be a perfect sacrifice so that I could be restored back to a relationship with God. In fact, the Bible says he became a curse. He became a curse that hung on that tree so that you and I wouldn't have to live under the curse. He didn't suffer and die so we could have a good example to follow. He suffered and died so that you wouldn't have to live under the power of the curse. So that you could be free from the curse that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So that you could be set free from the power and the wages of sin. He came and gave his life. When you couldn't get to God, he came to you. In the Old Testament, they would offer a sacrificial lamb that had to be without spot or blemish. But understand this this morning, the lamb could only postpone the penalty of sin just for another year. But it could never deal with the reality of the sin. In the Old Testament, they could offer up a spotless lamb, but would just postpone the penalty of sin, but it never dealt with the reality of of the sin. Only the blood of Jesus can deal with the penalty of sin, which is death. Only the blood of Jesus can deal with the reality of sin and its consequences. The Bible says when he hung on that cross, when the soldiers came to break his legs, they didn't break his legs because he was already dead, but prophecies years before that said that not one bone of his body would be broken. So instead of breaking his legs, they pierced him in the side. And out from his side came blood and water. Blood takes care of the penalty for sin. Blood deals with sin. Water cleanses us. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 26, that we are washed by the washing of the word. How many know that we're just people living among people? That means, that means the blood will deal with the reality of the sin, but you got to stay clean. Can't find no help up in here today. That means you got to have the washing of the word in your life all the time. How many know you, you might even be sitting next to somebody dirty? <laughs> huh? You know, we just work with people that are dirty, but you got to have the washing of the word. Praise the Lord. So Jesus endured so that we could be set free. Salvation was not your idea or my idea. It was his. Salvation is not based on anything that we have done. It's based on everything that God did in Christ on the cross. Are y'all ready for a little bit more? I'm about to go a little bit deeper, and then we're going to let this thing go. If you could have done it without him, there would be no need for him to come. And this will be on the screen. If the, I don't know if the screens are working, but this will be on the screen if you guys are tracking with me in the back. God does not see me different because he looks through the cross. The truth is I'm different because of the cross. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, If any man be in Christ, they are a new creation. Romans 5, 8 says that while we were yet sinners, God demonstrated his love toward us that he gave his son. 
This will be on the screen for you. Jesus didn't die for us so that we could be loved. He died because we were loved. It's the reality of the Savior that we serve. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He who knew no sin was made to be sin. Jesus died not because we couldn't be loved. Jesus died so that we could love him. It's the way you think it through. Understand that Jesus had no sin. Jesus was not a sinner. Jesus was the spotless, sinless Lamb of God. But he was made to be sin. Jesus did not sin. He was made to be sin. He didn't do anything wrong, and we didn't do anything right. But he was made to take on the burden of humanity. And it was God about to, about to press this in right here, and we're about to take off. Are you ready? We've got three right here. It was God who took everything that was right and for that moment in time made it sin. And in that moment, he took the sin through the cross and he made everything right. He took our place so that we could stand in his place. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the power of the resurrection. That's what God did for you and I. You can't clean yourself up. You can't make yourself better. It don't matter how much money you make or how much influence you have in society. You cannot get yourself to heaven. It takes the blood of Jesus to cleanse you from your sin to get you to heaven. It takes the blood of Jesus to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus said it best in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. You don't get there through any other known religion. You don't get there through mind science. You don't get there through kind of alter ways of thinking. You don't get there through Oprah-isms. You get there through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we're, we're living in a jacked up world. We're living in a, in a society that's full of chaos. And if, you don't, if, you don't, if you're not careful, you'll start believing anything. Just because it's on the internet, don't believe it's true. <laughs> and you just start believing anything. You'll start hearing all kinds of stuff. But Jesus makes it plain. Nobody gets to the Father unless they come through me. If you don't accept me, you never make it to the Father. It don't matter how good you are, how many good deeds you have done. You have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to be born again. Your spirit has to be regenerated. It has to come into the fullness of who he is living in your life. Push on somebody next to you and tell them now it's finished. Now it's finished. All right, now look with me. Go with me to Romans. I'm going to show you just one more scripture right here. Just one more scripture. I want to show you something right here. This is going to set you free. Romans chapter 8. Verse number 31. Just going to read a few verses here. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, will he not with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, yes, rather who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. I thank God for your prayers, but I'm, I'm really thankful that Jesus is interceding for me. 
Verse number 35, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, COVID, sword. Just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long and we are considered as sheep led to the slaughter or to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through Christ who loved us. Are you tracking with me? For He goes on to say, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, I want to point something out to you. This is talking about God's extreme love for you and I. This is God's ultimate passion, his extreme love toward you and I. In verse number 31, it says, if God be for us, who can be against us? He's not saying no one will ever be against you. He's just saying all those people that are against you, all those things that are against you, just don't have a vote. Everything that is against you, just don't have, they don't have no say in the outcome of what I've already done. In other words, when you're in Christ and you begin to walk with him and you, you develop that relationship with Christ, you begin to realize no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. And every tongue that rises against me, I'll vindicate it because that's my inheritance from the Lord. I was born to be in this life. I was born to be in this generation. I'm not afraid of what can come against me. What can separate me from the love of God? Throw it out there however you want to, but you just got to know you are secure in the eternal love of God what shall separate you that why that means when you begin to press into the things of God you learn how to put a word in your mouth because you've been washed with the word of God and then you begin to put a word in your mouth and you begin to speak it you begin to declare what's against you the resurrection power of Jesus is available to everyone and then you start saying what he says Let me just mess with your mind just for a moment. Somebody say resurrection power. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that will quicken your mortal bodies. You're not a different than anything. What's true of Jesus is true of you. The same anointing that got on Jesus is the same anointing that lives in you. Amen. Amen. Waiting on my amen people right there. Amen. 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 That's the same power. It's the same power. It's not a different kind of power. You know that the children's church, those kids in there that's been saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, they got the same power as any preacher you know on television. They got the same spirit living on the inside. You know kids can lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Come on, talk to me up in here. But we live in a world where everybody has to figure it out before they try to do anything, and then they just hope something happens. You put a word on it. Let me mess with you for a moment. You see somebody with cancer, you put a word on it. You say things like, cancer, be gone. Come on, talk to me up in here. You just begin to speak and declare the word of God. Don't, 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 don't pray stupid prayers. <laughs> Lord, if it be your will. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What do you mean if it be God's will? It is the will of the Lord that you be healed. That's why he went to the cross. He'd already provided your healing before you got sick. 
Yeah. You have to confront it. You have to declare it. You have to say it. Let me put it to you this way. Don't show any respect to a problem. Don't show any respect to a problem. We're kind to people. We love people. We serve people. But we show no respect to a problem. Don't speak to your problems kindly. You got children that ain't serving the Lord? Don't speak to the devil like he's going to get saved one day. You cast the devil out of your own house. Cast the devil out of your own children. Don't speak to it kindly. Stop being impressed with the size of your problem. I am convinced a hundred times over that the breakthroughs in most people's lives will come when they're no longer impressed with the size of their problem. When they start saying what Jesus said. He said, if God be for you, who can be against you? That means you don't live in fear. Oh, we're not afraid of COVID. We're not afraid of of a busted up economy. We're not afraid of wars and rumors of wars. Come on, I'm talking to believers up in here. I'm talking people. That's how we live our life. The resurrection power. We're not intimidated by what the devil's doing. We have resurrection power on the inside of us. Jesus lived in the most controversial times of human history. He lived in times when Christians were being openly murdered for their faith. And it never stopped the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He still healed the sick. He still raised the dead. He was still casting out devils. Still restoring families and homes and children. The Bible says in verse number 32, He who did not spare his own son, Will he freely not give us all things? Hmm. If God went to the ultimate extreme to give us his son, how could we ever question him not to willfully or joyfully provide for us everything that we have need of? Not only in this life, but also in the life to come. In this extreme, passionate love of God, which can never be exhausted even throughout eternity, he's always 100% focused on your life every single day. You're never not in his mind or in view of his sight. Never. Almost 7.9 billion people on the planet, and you matter. Out of all the people on the planet, you matter the most to him. Had it just been you on the planet, Jesus still would have been slain before the foundations of the earth because you were worth saving. You were worth being reconciled back to God. He would have done it all just for you. Verse number 33 says, Who will bring a charge against God's elect? There's nothing... And no one that exists that has the authority to stand before the Father and accuse you of anything. 
The Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brother, brethren. But he doesn't have legal right to bring any accusation against you because you got a high-dollar lawyer. <laughs> and his name is Jesus Christ. Jesus has already taken care of every indictment signed against you. That's the kind of lawyer I want on my side. The love of God and the blood of Jesus has so cleansed us that it not only goes to the record of sin, the blood goes to the root of the sin. And it changes the nature in which that sin began to grow out of. That's the power that's in the blood. So when God looks at you, when God looks at me, those who have surrendered their life to Jesus Christ, he doesn't just see me, he sees his son Jesus. Therefore, watch now, nobody can accuse Jesus of anything because he was perfect. So when God looks at Jesus and he looks at me in Jesus, then that means that there's nothing that nobody can do against me, accuse me of anything, because when God sees me, he sees Jesus. I'm going to wait on you right there. The Bible says in Colossians 3.3, we are hidden in Christ. We're hidden in Christ. So I'm not serving God to stay out of hell. I'm serving God because he brought me up out of hell. Hallelujah. I'm not serving God because I'm afraid of sin. I'm serving God because he redeemed me from my sin. I'm not serving God so I can try and be right. I'm serving God because he made me right. Come on, give him praise right there. I'm serving God because he took my place and he declared me to be right in the eyes of the Father. He took away every accusing spirit. He took away every lying spirit, every tormenting spirit, and he made me victorious over sin, death, and hell. That's what he did. That's what he did. Because he was the one who said, it is finished. There's nothing left to do. A sacrifice is not a sacrifice if it's taken from you. It's only a sacrifice if it's given if something is taken from you, that's called a thief. <laughs> sort of like what's going on in our economy. <laughs> okay, that's another, that's another message. Jesus said in John chapter 2, verse number 19, he said, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it back up again. John 10, 18, he says, no one has taken my life from me. He says, I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it back up again. This is the one commandment I have received. From my father. He's the only God who has ever prophesied his own death and resurrection, and he fulfilled them both. Come on, you ought to give him praise. So that's what separates Jesus from every other known religion in mankind. It was the proof of the resurrection that Jesus is not like everybody else. He's not in the same category as every other 
false religion. He's not in the same category as every false prophet. He's not in the same category as Buddha. Talk to me up in here. He's not in the same category as Muhammad. He's not in the same category as David Caress. If you went to every witch in Warlock's grave, you'll find out that they're still in the grave. He's not the same. If you go to every New Age follower, every self-promoting guru, you'll find out that they are still in the grave. But if you ever move over into the Middle East and you go and visit the borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea and you peep inside that tomb, you'll find out that he's not there because he's alive. He has risen and he rules and he reigns forevermore. And there's nobody beside him. There's nobody like him he is the greatest of all greats he's Jesus Christ he's the Lord and Savior of humanity Woo! he's more powerful than Muhammad yes he is he's more powerful than Confucius you can't find him in a Shinto shrine or a Buddhist temple he's more powerful than Al-Qaeda ISIS come on talk to me He's bigger than white magic, black magic. He's bigger than wicker. He's bigger. Hallelujah. There's never been nobody like him. And there never will be nobody like him. Let me just help you because everything's been thrown at you. He's bigger than new age. New age ain't going to get you to heaven. It's going to make you feel like you're in a new age. He's bigger than Scientology. He's bigger than Hinduism. Okay, let me just work with you since y'all getting all kind of, kind of clammy on me. He's bigger than the Democrats. He's bigger than the Republicans. He's bigger than the Independents. You can put your stock in man's government if you want to, but at the end of the day, I'm going to choose Christ. I'm going to choose that kingdom that's above every other kingdom. Hallelujah. Because he is the king of kings. And the Lord of Lords. 1 Corinthians 1.18, and we're about to close here. The preaching of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. It's power to be healed. It's power to be saved. It's power to be delivered. It's power to be blessed. It's power to be set apart. It's power to live. And sometimes we praise God for stuff. <laughs> like, we got a new car. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Or we get a job. Thank you, Jesus. Or we get a house. Thank you, Lord. We get a raise. Thank you, Lord. We get a husband. <laughs> or your kid hits a home run. Woo, thank you, Jesus. But I dare you to praise him for what he did on the cross. I just dare you to praise him for what he did on the cross. Because on the cross, there was nothing left to do. It is finished. Hallelujah. I'll end with this story right here. Because I believe there's some really important moments that's about to take place. My youngest daughter, Vanessa, she don't even know I'm about to say, I'm going to set you up, baby. She'll like it. When uh, she was in South Africa for a couple years at a leadership training that she was going through for a couple years there, uh, way over there, I set up this bank account for her. And I could see her account online. 
even though she was in another country. And there were times I would go in and check on her account and make sure she was doing okay. I understand she's in a different time zone. She's on another continent. She's in a different location. And I would review her account. And it seemed like it stayed low more than it did high. <laughs> like, you in training, what, what can you be spending your money on? We done paid for your tuition to be there. So, but I would go online and look at her account. I would review it. And when it was low, I would transfer money into her account. And when I did, it showed up right then in her account immediately because it was finished. Now, she could walk around in South Africa on that campus and act like she don't have anything. She could walk around and act like she ain't got nothing in her account, but it wouldn't change the status of her account. Because if I said it was already done, it's in there no matter how you feel about it or not. She could go hungry. She could not even meet her needs. But the truth is, if the transaction was made on my part, it was a done deal. It was already finished. If she didn't want to eat, that was on her. All she had to do was, with, was make a withdrawal and use what had already been provided. She didn't have to see the cash. <laughs> she didn't have to see me make the transfer. If I said to her, the money's there, you might as well take stock in the fact that I said it's finished. She didn't have to ask nobody on campus, hey, you think my daddy's good for it? She didn't have to call anybody to confirm it. She didn't even have to ask herself, do I deserve it? All she had to do, all she had to do was receive what I had already provided. When I said to her, it is finished, if you don't eat, that's on you. If you go broke now, that's on you. I have already put it in your account. All you have to do is receive it. I'm trying to tell somebody, Jesus has already paid the price. You don't have to walk around and act like you don't ever have nothing because he's already provided a way. He's already said it's in your account. All you got to do is make a withdrawal. All you got to do is receive what has already been provided. If you want to stay mad and depressed and angry all the time, then just walk around. But the account is full. And all you got to do is make a demand on what's already been provided. And when you make a demand on what's already been provided, you'll find out that whatever's going on in heaven can be going on in your life. If he's blessed in heaven, I can be blessed in this life. I wish you'd give God praise for a moment. Come on, I wish you'd celebrate him for a moment. Come on, somebody shout, it's finished. Come on, somebody shout, it's finished. I wonder if there's anybody in the room today that realize that your account is full. It's finished. It's already been paid. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, I'm going to butcher this word really good, but that word finished in the Greek is the word heleskele. Tell it to somebody. <laughs> One of them kind of words. 
but it's literally an accounting term, which literally means the debt has been paid in full. When Jesus said it's finished, he was saying, I've already paid your debt. I've already made it possible. Everything has been accomplished. Everything has been completed. Everything has been fulfilled because it is finished. Come on, stand to your feet with me today. He got up on that third day. He moved on so you and I can move on. If Friday would have been the end of the story, we'd be messed up. If Saturday was the end of the story, we'd be messed up. The enemy tried to bury him, but he couldn't stay buried. That's a word for somebody in this place today. The enemy is trying to bury you, but you don't have to stay there. Get up from your pain. Get up from your disappointment. Come out of your discouragement. Come out of your anxiety. Come out of your setbacks. This is for somebody. Come out of your failures. Come out of all those things in your life where you've been disappointed. And you thought it should have went one way, but it went another way. The grave couldn't hold him. Death couldn't hold him. It tried to bear him. It can't hold you. Everything you're going through can't hold you. The message of the resurrection is simply this. You can begin again. You get to begin again. You don't have to stay down. Come on, just touch somebody next to you and say, you don't have to stay down. You don't have to stay down. He got up so you can get up. You can begin again. You can start again because it is finished. The payment for the ransom of sin was paid in full. There's nothing left to owe. You can't be good enough to pay it. Only he could do that. And that's why we're here today to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In just a few moments, I'm going to pray. And then we're just going to, we're going to receive communion together. But I want to pray before we get to communion because I think it's healthy that people have a right heart with the Lord before we receive communion. Would you just take a moment and bow your heads right there where you are? Maybe you're in this room today. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today's your day. You don't know when you're going to get another chance. I wouldn't even risk it. I wouldn't risk, I wouldn't risk another breath not knowing. Nobody in this room today has the power to choose how they were born. You didn't get to choose your nationality. You didn't get to choose your skin color, your parents, or the place or the time of your birth. But everybody in here today has the ability to choose the way you will live and the way you will die. Everybody has that choice. And there are two types of people in this room today, those that are born again and those that are not. Those who have a relationship with Jesus Christ 
and those who don't. The truth is, what you are when you die is what you will be in eternity. If you were lost without Jesus when you die, you will be lost without him in eternity. It's just the way it is. You don't have to be that way because you have the power to make a decision today. Everybody makes plans on living. Very seldom do we make plans on dying. And the truth is everybody is going to die. Everybody. Family life expert Dr. James Dobson said there's three things in life that are really important. The people that love you, the people that you love, and where you go when you die. Life can be summed up in those three things right there. Maybe you're in this place today and you just say, you know what, preacher, I don't have a relationship with Jesus and I want to get it back. Maybe you've never had it and you say, I want to start today. Maybe you're in a backslidden condition. You say, my heart ain't right. I just got to make that turn. I got to make that commitment. I just need to make it right with Jesus today. I don't want to put it off for another day. I'm not asking you to join this church. I'm not asking you to be a part of this ministry or anything like that. I'm just asking you to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And maybe if that's you in this place today, we're going to pray. We're going to take a 30-second prayer, but I want you to be included in it. If that's you in this place today, will you just throw your hand up right there where you are? Christians all around you are praying. You say, today I want to make Jesus my Lord and my Savior. I want to accept him today as my Lord and my Savior. All over this room today, I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. Anybody else? We're going to make this commitment today to serve Jesus. To serve Jesus. He's not a religious God. He's not a religious God. He's a relational God. He wants to have a relationship. I want to scan the audience one more time. I just feel like there's, some, there's a couple more people you just want to be honest today. I see it. God bless you. I see it. God bless you. I see it. Come on. Come on. Five more seconds and we're going to pray. I see it. Thank you. I see it. That's the, I see it. Thank you. That's being bold. That's being strong. It's being bold. It's being strong. You're making that. You're making that. I see it. Thank you. Thank you. I see it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Multiple hands are going up. Thank you. It takes a lot of courage. Thank you. I see it, young man. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to make a commitment to live for Jesus right here, right now. Everything else in my world revolves around this one relationship. In Jesus' name. This is how we're going to pray. Now, our churches, we, we've, we've seen people over the last seven or eight weeks, maybe nine weeks now, we've had people born again in every service. I mean, people are just getting born again. We had, a, we had a couple, I think I saw them come in a while ago. We had some people get born again on prayer meeting night the other day. Just came in here and got born again on prayer meeting. People are giving their life to Jesus. Because you know what? He offers what the world cannot. He gives you what the world can never do for you. He satisfies the longing of your heart. Now, multiple hands went up. I don't know. There might have been six or seven hands, maybe more that I didn't see. But we're going to do this prayer. It's just a 30-second prayer, and then you can go right back to your seat. But if you raised your hand, I want you to be really bold, and our church is going to clap with you. If you're sitting with your friend or your neighbor that knows you really well, they'll bring you. They'll come with you. But I want you to get out of your chair, and I want you to make your way right here and give me a chance to pray with you. Come on, church. Can we bless them as they come? Can we bless them as they come? Come on. People are coming. Come on. That's what it's about. Come on. Come on, young man. That's it. Come on. I want some people over here to raise your hands. Come on. Come on. Don't be shy. There it is. Come on. Come on. We got a few more. I know you raised your hand. Don't listen. Don't let the enemy talk you out of it. There it is. Come on. Come on. Come on. That's it. Come on, sweetheart. Come on. Come on. Just keep coming. That's it. That's it. We, this, this is worth everything right here. 
That's it. That's it. Just come on. That's it, sweetheart. That's it. That's it. Come on. We're just making a statement. That's it. Come on, guys. There you go. Come on, church. Come on. This is what this is about. This is a day of celebration. That's what this is about. That's it. Yeah, come on. Just yeah, just join us all up here. Yeah, come on. Amen. 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 This is uh, the most powerful miracle you'll ever see in your life. It's not somebody getting healed of cancer. Not even somebody being raised from a physical death. God bless you guys. God bless you. The most powerful miracle that exists on the planet today is when somebody takes their heart and they give it to Jesus Christ. That is the most powerful miracle on the planet. That's what it is. And today, I told you 30 seconds, and I'm, I'm going to keep my word right here, but we're going to make a prayer today. It take, I, Listen, I know what it does. You're standing in a room full of people that you don't know. It takes a lot of boldness, and it takes a lot of courage to do what you did today. It takes that. But we're going to pray a prayer together in concert. The whole church is going to pray it. We're going to pray it together. But you're going to stand out in this prayer to Jesus because you made a commitment to come and open up your life to him. And this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Our whole church is going to do it. Everybody's going to be doing it with you. But when you raise your hand, it's a sign of surrender. When you throw your hands up, that means I'm surrendering. And today we're going to throw our hands up and say, Lord, I'm surrendering my heart. And then I want you to make this prayer with me. The Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. You'll be saved. And there's no condemnation after this prayer. There's no condemnation after this prayer. No matter what the enemy says to you, no matter what the enemy tries to do to you, there's no condemnation. Because once you make this prayer, your life is clean. The blood has covered it all. The blood has dealt with every bit of it. And you're no longer going to walk out of here like you came in. You're walking out of here different in Jesus' name. Church, will you raise your hand? Would you guys just raise your hands and will we make this prayer today? Just say it with your mouth. You've got to confess with your mouth. Everybody's got to open up their mouth and say it. And you believe in your heart. Father, today, I come to you just like I am. And I'm asking you today to forgive me of my sins. And I yield my life to you today. Forgive me. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me today. Cleanse me today. And I make a promise to you today that from this day forward, I repent of my sins and I turn towards you. Come and live in my heart. Live in my life. Be the ruler. The chief, the chief supreme God over my entire life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen, church. Will you bless them today? you
Amen. For those that just came and gave their life to Jesus Christ, we just want to make sure that you're not going to miss communion. There's a little bit mix-up in what I just did. But if, if you would, in just a few minutes, the service is going to be over. Will you just make yourself available to go to this room right over here and just let our folks back there give you some information about the church? And we just want to help you. And Greg Martinez is right there. He's got his hand raised. If you'll just go to him right after church. You can just see him, and he's going to get, you don't have to do it now. If you want to take communion, you're free to do that, but if you want to, you can do that. That's just a little bit mixed up on my, my part. I apologize for that. But let's get ready to receive the communion. Isn't that awesome that God just gave some people a new life? Hallelujah. Let's, let's get ready to receive communion. If you're with your families, maybe you can huddle up really good. I'll ask my wife if she'll come up here. Just We're going to receive communion together today. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, he said, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This morning, as you hold your bread, maybe you can help me hold my bread. <laughs> Got some bread in there. The, um, that bread... And it doesn't matter what kind of background you come out of. Some people say it symbolizes the body of Jesus. But really in Scripture, it is the body. That bread is the body of Jesus. It's the body. And when you give reverence to the body, and I think that goes two ways. It's the literal body of who he is. And it's also the body of Christ. And when you honor and you give reverence to that body, today as we take it today, Jesus is the bread of life. The Bible says in Isaiah, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes, we're healed. Today, through the broken body of Jesus Christ, we receive all that he has in our life today. It's symbolic. That's what most people, how most people would pray that prayer today. Lord, I receive everything that you are. I take it into my life with reverence and with honor. And I, and, I, and I seek out the will of God. Lord, if there's anything in my life that's not right with you, forgive me. Lord, if there's anything that's not right among the body, if I'm harboring up an offense or if I got something that I've done somebody wrong, Lord, forgive me. Let me make it right because I want to be clean. I want to be holy before you. So I like to break the bread today. I, like, I just break it because it represents to me personally the broken body of Jesus. Come on, let's receive together today the broken body. Paul said in the same night he took the cup, which is the covenant in his blood. He said, do this in remembrance of me, for as often as you eat this bread, and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This cup, symbolically for real, it represents the blood. But we receive it as the blood of Jesus today. We receive it as his blood today. The Bible says in Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Had his blood not been shed, None of us would be forgiven today. 
The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Let's receive it together today. You can just pass those cups down to the end. The ushers will be coming down there. They'll pick up, pick them up for you. And while you're doing that, real quickly, will you just raise your hands? Can we just give honor to the Lord today? All over this building, I just want to see a church full of people that love God and just honoring God. Will you just lift your hands and begin to praise Him? Lord, we thank you today for the blood. Lord, we thank you today. We thank you today. Come on, some real sorrow, please. Uh, other than the ushers moving, just give me a, just a few more moments and then we'll go. Just let the ushers move. Let's just... Let's seal this moment, this Easter Resurrection Sunday. The blood of Jesus cleanses us. The broken body of Jesus has provided everything that we have need of. Lord, we thank you today for who you are. We thank you today, Lord, that on Golgotha's Hill, a little over 2,000 years ago, that blood came streaming down. And it ran down into every generation of humanity. It saved us. It healed us. It fixed us. It gave us the power to move forward in life. Lord, the grave can't hold us down. Problems can't hold us down. Situations can't hold us down. We've been redeemed. We've been redeemed. Lord, we praise you and we celebrate you. And we thank you for it. Come on, one time, let's sing this song together. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just put our hands together and bless the Lord in this building today. Come on, it really is a happy Easter Sunday. It really is. It really is. It really is. If you'll just give me about three minutes, we're going to go. I want to show you a couple of things that we're doing. Guys, if you'll bring up the slide of the new church building, the new church building that we're working on. Just if, You can sit down if you like. That might be more comfortable. Three minutes. I told our team we'll be out here by 12. I'm like, like 16 minutes over. So there's already a line at the restaurant. So you just let them get through and then you'll be all right. But, but look at this right here. This, this is the new church facility. This is what our Advance the Calls is going toward. That's what it's going. We're, we're, we're working on that. that. This is our goal, okay? Just so, now, our church folks who have been here have been ongoing. We, we've been driving towards this. We started... A year and a half ago almost in May, it was in May of last year, we started this drive. We've already raised over $115,000 to eliminate the current debt. We owe just a little over $500,000. Then all this on here will be paid for. Everything will be paid for. The school is paid for already. The portables are paid for already. Everything's paid for. We're just paying off a little bit of the land that we got left. And so that's the building we're going to build. Guys, I don't know if you got the slides for the inside or whatever. Just let everybody get a fresh memory. Of that, that's, that's going to be on the inside there. When you come into the foyer there, just the next slide, please. That's going to look what the sanctuary is going to look like. 
It's going to seat 800 people. It's going to have a high-rise seating there, theater-style seating. I just get excited every time I see it. I just love it. I just love it. Just the next slide real quick, guys. Just show everybody what we got going on. Is that it? Is that it on that one? Yeah, praise the Lord. There we go. Oh, okay, that's the, okay, all right, let me just, this building here is going over here on the other side of the Sonny's property, the old Sonny's property. That's the building that's going over there. We're, we're expanding New Flex Gym, just so, so some of you may not know this, but uh, uh, we've had the gym for almost 15 years. New Flex Gym has been right there where it's at. We've had it for almost 15 years. God put that in my heart 15 years ago to, to get that gym because when we bought that gym, there was no public gym in our area. None. So we bought that. I said, God, we're going to make a place. We're going to make a place for people that want to lift or whatever, train, however they want to do it. We're going to make a place. And we've been working on that for 15 years. So that one side of that building is going to be New Flex Gym. It's the expansion of that. The other side over, if you can't really make it out, it's, it's like a red heart. That's Compassion Avenue. Every single week, every Monday, we give out hundreds of pounds of food. We give out hundreds of pounds of food. We're expanding that entire ministry. That's going to be on the other side of that, that we're, where we just continue to open that up. Now, here's the deal. It's, that's going to be a 16,000 square foot building. We've already got the land. The land is ours. We already own the land. The building, we already own the building. We got the building. Amen. And so it's, it, it's coming. It's coming. We, this, this is the final drawing. Now we're fixing to go to the county. We're going to go to the county so the county will approve us in the name of Jesus. Yeah, we're going to the county. So guys, just show the, the, a little bit on the inside of New Flex Gym. You can see that. That's, it's going to be a state-of-the-art gym. It's going to be all brand-new equipment, all brand-new, brand-new equipment all in there, state-of-the-art. You can just see everything that's going to be going on. That, build, that little thing to the left is a screen, or not screen, but a glass door. That's going to be a store inside there where you were going to sell apparel and product and all that kind of stuff, supplements. That's going to be in there. That's a, that's a glass with, a, with a, a store on the inside of that. And then, of course, that's, that's, that's part of Compassion Avenue on the other side. Just some office spaces and then where people can check in and do what they need to do. And it's just all that's going to be there, right over there, right next to us. Just some tanning beds for people that are doing that kind of stuff. All that's going to be in there. So we just, it, it's, it's moving forward. That's a whole cardio room right there. Just, you, you, know, you know, we're just working on it, right? We're just working on it. So all that's going on. This, this, we're not even playing with that. We, we've already got the money for that. And just so you'll know, none of this advance to calls is going to that. None of it. Not one dollar has went into that. Not one dollar. Not one dollar advance the calls is going into the, to the, to that building over there. Advance the calls is going into our new sanctuary. That's what we're doing. We're eliminating that. That's where all this money is going. So I want to say thank you in advance for helping us make this happen. This whole campus is going to be full of buildings. It's going to be full of buildings. Because we believe that the harvest is plentiful. And people are going to come, and people are going to be saved. They're going to be delivered. We got, we got technicians that are going to be trained in there. I mean, we got all kinds of stuff. Brittany's been working with some contractors on getting, um, what do you call those people that getting shots? What do you call that? ICU stuff? I, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's, it's uh, IV stuff, yeah, so you can recover faster. It's just all kinds of stuff. So we've already landed some of that stuff. So I'm just saying to you, there's a lot going on. And we are excited. We're excited. But this morning, we've been doing this every, every quarter. We've been receiving our advance to call. Some people give it every monthly. Some people give it every weekly. However you want to do it, it's okay with us. We just, we just tally it in, and we just keep pushing it out as it comes in. 
Today we put that with our resurrection seed offering. We combined it with our resurrection seed offering so you wouldn't have two offerings. And we're just putting it all into the account so that we can make this happen. Our goal in that new church building is to start building by next year. That's our goal. That's our goal. God's put it in our heart. God put it in my heart a year and a half ago in the middle of COVID to start this campaign. And you know what? Our church has risen. Our church has said, we're going to believe in God and we're going to make it happen. In the midst of a pandemic, this church was moving forward. We didn't never shut down. We never shut down. We have not missed one service since the pandemic. Not one service. Not one service. We've had a service. We had a service live, a live service every single week, either on this property or inside this building. But we've had a live service. Amen. Amen. Come on, I want to let you go. I know it's Easter. Sorry for holding you a few minutes late. Would you stand on your feet? We're going to bring our offering. Guys, can you help me, Greg, with the buckets? We've got the buckets here. If you have your advance to calls, I'm going to pray over it, and you can just bring it to the front here as we release it today. If you're visiting with us, there's no pressure on you. You're not, you don't have to be a part of this at all. We understand. You're just visiting today. It's all good. It's all good. We're just honored that you came today and trust that God would just has ministered to your life in a very real way. Let's pray together today, and then we'll be dismissed. Father, this morning we thank you, Lord, that as men and women and families are sacrificing, Lord, their seed, they're sacrificing what they have worked and labored for. Lord, they're sacrificing in a vision that's bigger than any one person. It's actually bigger than all of us put together. It's a vision that's going to service the generations of this region for many years to come. So, Father, as we bring advance the cause offering, as we bring this seed offering, Lord, I ask that you repay it back to families, repay it back to their business, repay it back to their jobs, repay it back into their children, repay it back into their dreams, their own vision that they have. And, God, that you would cause it to multiply and increase and advance. Lord, let the work of their hands be blessed. Let everything they touch be blessed. And we thank you for it today. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen and amen. And God bless you. Hey, we love you. Happy Easter, everybody. Have a wonderful afternoon. We'll see you on Tuesday or next Sunday. God bless you.